three, two, one. Welcome everybody to the Space Camp Podcast. I'm your host, Torsten, with the co-host Kyle in the background. What are you drinking, Kyle? Fresca and Miller Lite. Mixed? <laughs> yeah, it's a, my new favorite drink. <laughs> All right, folks, don't ever try that. That sounds awful. But today's uh, podcast, we're going to jump into just a couple subjects here and see where it takes us. One, there's a badass podcast that's out there called Martyr Made, the Martyr Made podcast. And he starts off talking about the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, but just breaks it down from a very systematic perspective, looking at the history and the context of the argument, making it into kind of a more well-rounded way of approaching that whole topic. And so I, I found it interesting. And there was a quote within there that uh, we talked about and wanted to share. And then we're going to be talking a little bit about Jordan Peterson. He had a, I, I guess he submitted himself to a rehab center for what type of painkiller? Uh, some sort of sedative. So wanted to see, to discuss the idea of, of that, that situation of him going into a rehab center and how that, um, how people are taking that in, in the, maybe the social media world or just in the world in general. Um, starting off with the quote, though, it is, civilization relieves us of the burden of needing to be honest all the time. What do you think about that, Kyle? Yeah, it's a great quote. True. <laughs> all right. That's it. That's it. All right. Next topic. <laughs> Uh, I, I agree a hundred percent with that. I think, I think if you take it into the context of, of just like our modern society, like how many times do we like, for instance, have, uh, like everyone puts their hopes in politicians and that's like the definition of civilization in our current thing. And be like, well, I don't need to, to make changes in my own life. I voted for this politician. Like I'm doing my, my good deed in that aspect so we're not really being honest with ourselves you're able to point you're able to point the blame at someone yeah so you're not maybe you're not taking ownership of your own personal life and that kind of dovetails into the whole jordan peterson side of things you know make your bed and that will improve other aspects of your life yeah. but with civilization and so the, going back to the quote civilization relieves us of the burden of needing to be honest all the time um i think you're correct it's like within a well-developed society you have uh you know the political system you have you know you have commerce so you have a banking institution so instead of instead of someone asking for Hey, you know what is is Johnny a good guy? It's like, well, let's. I don't care about what Johnny has to say. Let's, you know, or what you have to say. Let's look at his credit. Let's look at his credit score. Yeah. And let's base our decisions purely on metrics. And so, having all of these institutions in place, I think it it can create a atmosphere of maybe someone who can who one, all of the things that they do, 
that can align with having a good um, purported, I guess, uh, character, a, a good character that's on the surface, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it is a, a good person. That was kind yeah. of a very rough I'm, pick, I'm picking up what you're putting down. And I, 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 I think picking like up a, what I'm putting down, I'm picking it up. Uh, <laughs> good. <laughs> hopefully, right. I'm trying, hopefully I'm not the only one, but uh, <laughs> that was very convoluted and weird. Uh, are you sure you're not the one doing uh, bath salts in your meantime? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's, that's what saves me in terms of uh, my need to be honest is civilization and bath salts. That's the 13th rule, idiot. 12 rules for life. 13th rules do bath salts. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think uh, I, so. Like, I think like this quote is almost like perfectly described by the climate change lobby in like the current current year so like we have we have these very wealthy individuals saying like hey you know what we need to protect the we need to protect the planet we need to make all these changes and all this stuff and like that's a very good thing like we should protect the planet we should make these changes however they're flying from conference to conference in their private jet uh doing the exact opposite of what they're saying to do right well i mean uh, you got to weigh all those things. So one is the benefit of this person discussing these items in the conference and using a private jet to be able to do that. Is that more important to the agenda as opposed to him living off the grid and not communicating to the public some of these important values? But why not just take a commercial jet that's already, it's already scheduled to fly. It's going to fly regardless. Why add extra emissions to the equation if your whole goal is lowering emissions insurance liability maybe there's more protection for an individual who flies privately and they can't be tracked how can they well no they have to be tracked because there's like the the faa and all that stuff like you need to you need to put flight plans forward and all this stuff so i think like one of the biggest uh examples of this was there's a girl from uh germany i believe it is who is, uh, she's like becoming the new face of the climate change movement. And she, she went to a, a, a talk in New York. However, she took this, this boat across the ocean in, in an attempt to lower carbon emissions. However, this boat, it said it was zero emissions, but it, everything on the boat uh, pollutes when you make it. The boat itself had pollution to make. There's like all these things that like it's all feel good, feel good solutions for people because civilization lets them do that. I think that that's the point I'm trying to make. All right. Let me try and pick up what you put down there. Oh, so mother. You're... <laughs> I just bashed my knee super hard. <laughs> well, maybe you shouldn't be standing up and doing jumping jacks to make points. I was getting real fired up. Sorry. <laughs> so what you're saying is that civilization is kind of like dictating the how this person behaves and she is putting out all the right messages but in reality what she's doing is in direct contrast with the values that she states yes and and i think the argument of well the message is the important thing is counterintuitive because you're causing more 
of the thing that you're against by spreading this quote unquote message. And I think the message itself, people agree generally with like, you don't need to like, if you, if, if you want to not add to the carbon, uh, I guess emission level that we're at, the smartest thing to do is if you need to go from London to New York is to take a commercial flight that's already going to happen. You're not adding anything to it, right? Yeah, well, I would think that would be the most valuable way of doing things. So I guess maybe like the the whole, what is it? The Paris talks, the Paris, yeah, Paris climate accords. With that, you have a lot of these wealthy individuals who are coming to to discuss these ideas. I think there's some value in coming together to discuss that. And if you have influential figures, you know what, that does bring a certain level of notoriety and can be valuable despite how they approach it. But yeah, I guess, I mean, you look at like, uh, at, um, um, prior, at, I'm stumbling for words here, but you look at corporate corporations and you look at, different companies who practice what they preach. And I think it is kind of a top-down approach. So if you look at like Costco, the CEO of Costco, he was very um, focused on cutting costs. And he he abided by that approach to the point where like he was making gobs and gobs of money, but he would still fly commercially instead of having a private jet and I think he would even he would even fly like um, with regular individuals as opposed to like business class. Oh, really? So he's like doing the consumer class, saving money. Yeah. See, like I have a ton of respect for uh, people who they preach something, but they also live that way themselves. Yeah. Like I, so, I think I think that's one of like so one of the other examples that I'll bring up is uh, AOC. Uh occasional Cortez. Um, <laughs> so she's crazy. Oh, crazy. Oh, Cortez. Uh, she, she, was, she came out with the green new deal as we've all seen. However, uh, there's trains that go from New York to, to Washington DC that are very, uh, carbon neutral. They're way less than airplanes, but she still take, she took private jets that were donated for her to fly back and forth. So it's yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to push these things but I'm not going to live by it myself. Like that's too much for me to do. And I think that that's the exact thing that this is saying, like the civilization, like because we live in the civilization, it, it relieves us of being needing to be honest to ourselves about what the impact we're making. Yeah. Taking that in a, in a little bit different direction. So I, in the past, um, I think this is touched upon in the martyr made podcast. And anybody who is interested in a, in a really interesting podcast that really dives deep into things, definitely check it out. Um, no, they're not paying one, us. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that he talks about is like, hey, look at old Western movies when someone kind of calls you a liar. And that's something to die over. They go out in the streets and they go and they, they'll shoot each other in the streets over someone questioning their character yeah and everybody kind of accepts that within the movies like oh yeah you know what it was just but there was just you know what they did but the real interesting part is why would they do that and i think 
one of the reasons why they would do something like that is because you didn't have such an established established civilization where you would have your credit score and all this stuff like here, this will back me up. It was more about how you acted and what you said and what you stood for and how you acted upon all of those, those items. And your reputation and so, with everybody. Yeah. And so if someone comes and questions your, your, your reputation, that is a huge slight on, on your, who you are as a person. Versus today's situation where someone calls you an idiot or you know a liar on, on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere on social media, it's it doesn't matter. L Donald Trump will lie, you know, in every one of his speeches, and nobody really thinks twice about it. But back in the day, what you said was a huge, a huge issue, and I think what this quote kind of brings up is that. Maybe the contrast with the past and today, where in the past there was a little bit more integrity because you had to have that level of integrity if you wanted to sustain kind of a good reputation within your maybe smaller society as opposed to the advanced civilization that we have today, which is amazing in many ways, but lacks that maybe that personal appeal. Um, and the, the importance of those personal relationships where you base a lot of trust on people's character. Yeah. Do you, do you think that kind of ties into almost like the social credit scores going on in China and stuff? Like you could be living a terrible life, but because civilization tells you, hey, like you have good standing with us. Oh, therefore absolutely. you're a good person. Like, so like there are people do all these really messed up things. But hey, uh, no, trust me, I'm a good person. Let me hold up my badge of honor that uh, that I was given to say, hey, I'm a, I'm a good citizen. I'm a good, all this stuff, right? I think, I mean, I think a prime example of that is Epstein for how much, you know, if we want to go into that, because on the surface, he was a, you know, multi-millionaire doing very well, having a private island, private jet, you know, doing amazing. I'm sure his credit score was, you know, I'm sure he didn't out need of this world. Score. Yeah, he didn't need it. And uh, an individual like that, all of the financial metrics point to this individual being perfect. And uh, financial institutions can be like, "Yeah, we love this guy. He's great." But in in when it comes to character, the guy was deeply flawed. And for those who don't know much about Epstein, Kyle, you can talk about his pedophilia history because you've been researching that pretty, um, pretty. Uh, intensely yeah i mean the, the dude was a monster <laughs> like yeah that's, that's like the easiest way to say it uh, he had a he had a plane called the lolita express to the uh the uh to the people who flown on it uh basically this guy i think i think i don't want to get sued for libel or anything but i think he basically just made his money by by blackmailing powerful people into or after they had sex with underage women um he, he, this dude was a, a scumbag piece of garbage man long story short just an, an awful human being but on the on the civilization's perspective he was he yeah. he could be seen as as a great person and hence the the ties that he had within civilization to you know people like donald trump and bill clinton who had flown on his plane and so 
Stephen Hawking, uh, the Duke of York, a bunch of British royalty. Like this guy knew everybody. So yeah, he civilization pointed to this guy being awesome. So within today's society, like if he lived in a small village and had made a bunch of money in shipping and everything, but everybody knew him to be a pervert because it's a small world and you know that the, what happens in small towns will will come out pretty overtly. Um, I think there, you know, his character would be slighted a lot more quickly as opposed to in today's society where something awful will happen or, you know, someone will besmirch his character, but he has these intensely powerful attorneys to, to save his ass. Yeah. Uh, do you want to get into the second one? Oh, the, yeah, go ahead. You want to start off? You want to read that one? Yep. Uh, strong institutions where they exist replace personal relations as social regulators. Was the, was the, were we reaching a lull in that conversation, Kyle? No, I just, I, I think this one ties in perfectly to what we were just talking about. The conversation wasn't good enough for you? I'm trying to forward the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Get off it, damn it. <laughs> All right, yeah. So strong institutions where they exist replace personal relations as social regulators. So what does that mean to you? Uh, well, I think that, like we were talking about, um, when you have a, 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 a powerful civilization in, in process, let's, let's contrast the United States and one of these, these little tribes in um, one of these pygmy Central tribes America, yeah. in Central America. And within those small tribes, everybody knows everybody. And they know everything that's going on with everybody's history and everything. And let's say what one of those individuals decides to lie, then his his character is very quickly um, is very quickly down regulated within society. Yep. As opposed to strong strong institutions like the United States or more maybe more established institutions, where I think you can get away a lot more quickly because one, there's way more people and it's harder to figure out, you know, maybe devious behavior. Um, so I, I think just the personal relationships, which is what we're moving away from in strong institutions um, versus, versus just kind of those close ties in the small, in the small communities, there's a drastic gap and it continues to be um, expanded within today's society. Yeah. So like if we look at it, like businesses now are basically seen just as faceless things. Like this is just a business. Like there's, it doesn't affect anybody, all the stuff. So like the example that I would like to bring up about this is like the, the baker in Denver that uh, a, a gay couple wanted them to bake a cake for, for their, uh, their wedding or whatever. And they're like super like staunch Christian people who didn't want to do it. Right. So yeah. they, so they're instead of like finding another bakery to make their cake, like they didn't have the, this interaction with the, the people. They're like, no, we're going to use these institutions to force you to do it. Right. So instead of like, yeah. like if, if you, like if I was going to you and there was something that you just really were against, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to strong arm you into doing it for me with like legal battles because we know each other. We're having these, these uh, regular personal relations. But when, when these institutions are the middleman between us now, now, like if, if I want you to do something and you're against it, I'll just sue you. And now you, now you have to do it because the institution is the, the uh, interaction. It's not the, the actual person who owns a business or uh, vice versa, right? Let me save you there. Save me with what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, um, what, you, know what's, you know what's messed up within that context? It was messed up that the, the individuals, the, the gay couple who went to that bakery, to that Christian bakery who denied them, it was messed up how they went to all these other bakeries ahead of time looking for, um, you know, looking for that conflict. And so oh, I didn't they, know that. They found multiple places that would wanted to, who would do that. And then they were looking for that conflict. And as soon as they found that conflict, then they started, you know, posting on social media. So it's like the people, it's like people looking for a fight. Yeah. And I think that's a problem. It's like, if this institution doesn't want to support you, then don't, don't give business to them, you know, yeah, move on and let, that. let yeah. their, let their business go downhill if that's what's going to happen. But don't try and like ruin their business, you know, and it's it's a different set of values. So if you know, may, may, maybe I don't agree with that. And I mean, I would I, I think cake. I want I want their money. Right. I think what's messed up is the way that they approach that as being these innocent, you know, people and trying to, you know, celebrate something that was amazing in their life, which hopefully was the case. Yeah. But you know, there, the, it seemed like they went into it with very ill intentions. Yeah. Cause that, I didn't know that background and that background completely changes the story. It does. It's, it's awful, you know, that's How, ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah. And, that, and I think that's like, cause, because we have these strong institutions that can reward people for being uh, quote unquote victims, people go out and, and look for that and they don't care whose life they ruined to do it. Right. They just they just want that the spotlight on them. They want the 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 money settlement. They want that, right? Because these institutions like, can can uh, in, enforce it. And similar to the guy in Chicago who paid the Nigerian African American well African guys. Yeah, they're sort of aggressive. Yeah, what was that guy's name? Uh, Juicy Smollett. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting how like his. The reason he did that is he wanted to use. Um, so, so for the for people who don't know what's going on, you want to break that down real quick, Kyle? Yeah. So there's an actor on uh, a TV show called Empire. He's a he's not the the main actor or anything, but he's a, he's an actor in the show, and he apparently was in Chicago at two in the morning, coming home from a night out. He had a subway sandwich in his hands. And apparently two white supremacists wearing all white and mega hats came up, put a new mega, make America great again. Yeah. Mega make America great again. Uh, put a noose around his neck and splashed him with bleach. This is downtown Chicago. Uh, <laughs> and then said, this is mega country. And then called him a, an N word faggot. Yeah. But and- as it turns out is he hired Two other actors from the show, these Nigerian brothers that are 
giant, giant people. They're, they're fitness trainers. They're jacked. They're, uh, their skin tone is very dark. It's not, it's not white at all. But uh, hired them to come and, and do this hate crime. So it was a giant hoax, basically. So his, his whole in- intention within there was to make use of, of maybe an act, a performance, to forward an agenda. Yeah, and his agenda was probably to, to make the news and be relevant, right? Well, to, to make the news and, and, and to, to signify the injustice to um, black people in, in the United States. Yeah, and, and yeah, so white I, supremacy being uh, a major a issue. Major, yeah. yeah, and you know what? The, I think that there are some, some very important items of discussion within there, but to <laughs> lie about that, to, to create a performance, uh, you know, to... To create something where you're lying to the public to forward an agenda is just, you know, just awful. But going back to the to the civilization, it's like the well, the stronger institutions. It's like we have such a strong institution, you know, that is bifurcated by our social media that you can take a lie and you can take this lie and you can and you can bolster it and get a ton of support by all the likes and the people who comment on it and getting all these people fueled up and ready to fight for your cause yeah i mean there was even uh presidential candidates like kamala harris coming out and saying this is a this is the problem with with the united states as it stands this is a modern day lynching coming out with all like you so you have people that are on the political uh, elite level talking about this. Yeah. And so yeah, you're taking a lie and you're, you're magnifying it because I would say because of a strong institution, because of our strong meth- modes of communication, especially with social media, that it's, it's amplified. And that is, it, it, it takes away from, I would say like the, going back to the quote, Strong institutions where they exist replace personal relations as social regulators. So instead of like, you know, sitting down and like understanding what happened with this guy and, you know, who is this guy? What happened? Let's learn about, you know, his his backstory. It's, it's, you know, it's all um, amplified, but in a very fake way. Yeah. I mean, it was a very poor way of saying that but no but yeah you're you're right like because because of these institutions that we have like he doesn't need to like sit down and have an honest conversation with what he perceives the issue to be for him the the best way to forward this instead of doing like the the honest thing and sitting down having an honest conversation he needs to yeah create this performance to show exactly what he wants yeah and if it was done in a in a in a performance way that is real, that's awesome. Like if he wrote a, would have wrote a play about some injustice and, you know, it took some level of, of creativity and it was, it was passionate, then yeah, by all means. But for something that is, is a lie, I think is like uh, another form of an evil. Yeah, and it, it, it basically and, and, sets back the, the thing that he was trying to, to set forward. Because now, now yeah. people, they think about this and they're like, oh, it's all hoaxes. Like, it never happens. It's all hoaxes. 
right? Yeah. And, 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 it, and it does a disservice to the people who are actually victims of this kind of stuff. Yeah, and it does a, a disservice to his own cause, which is a noble cause, but the, his approach, and I hope that I hope that people learn from this that like just don't be an idiot and don't fake stuff. Like they, yeah. just stop. If there's an injustice you're mad about, the way to push it forward isn't to create recreate the injustice as you perceive it. Just focus on the ones that have already happened. Yeah. I mean, he is someone. He is someone who has that following, so he could easily, you know, get that attention and, you know, do some some good. But it's 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 just kind of a sad uh, world. And I think going back to the situation where he he didn't feel any type of let's say let's say he was he was going to do the same thing, and he was going to pitch this injustice to his mom, you know. There's yeah. a strong tie, and essentially he did that, you know. I, I, you know, like what? What did he tell his mom? Yeah, is he is he lying to his own mother to try to forward what he thinks is a thing? Like you know? Yeah, it's and I don't know. I think that is just something that has been created by a strong institution like ours, and we are lacking those pers- personal relations as social re- regulators. Yeah. And, and uh, all right, so let me go into the third one real quick because I think this kind of goes oh, yeah, into it is, as well. This isn't a, a brilliant. If anybody has seen this movie, I've seen uh, The Godfather. I Fantastic movie. I need to go back and see this again, but because of some of these quotes in here. But here's a standout quote which kind of digs into some of these points which Kyle and I have been talking about. So, yeah, so the quote that we, we, we selected is. I don't trust society to protect us. I have no intention of placing my fate in the hands of men whose only qualification is that they manage to con a block of people to vote for them. By Mario Puzo of The Godfather. I mean, how accurate is that? It's ridiculous, well, right? I, I, just I, go I, back and think of the qualification of all of these quote-unquote politicians Right. What, what have they actually done? Like they, they have all these things that they say they're going to change. Right. Well, have any of I don't them actually can, done it. I don't think we can be too cynical because, I mean, look at all of the great individuals within American society who have done a ton of good. Yeah. But so, are those the politicians or are those the, the quote unquote normal people? Abraham Lincoln. Ulysses S. Grant. We should have a podcast on Abraham Lincoln later. Dwight D. Eisenhower. You know, there were some amazing men out there who did a lot Andrew of good. Andrew Jackson. Yeah, to some extent, Andrew Jackson, too. Uh, the, the only reason I say him is because he, he wanted to get rid of the Fed and actually got rid of the first bank of the United so go, States. But going back to but, the point, you know, not everybody's awful. Go, going back to what was said here, that, you know... That this particular individual doesn't trust society to protect him, and he doesn't want to put his fate in the hands of people that have been elected by the masses. And the masses say that this guy's important, but he doesn't believe that this individual is worth a damn. That's I why that, I think that's important because I think he is sticking for what he believes, and I admire that. Um, within the context of 
of taking care of your family and, and, and doing what's right. But <laughs> over the grand scheme of things, the, the way that the mafia operates, you know, it's, it's a beautiful quote, but within the context of things, it's, 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 uh, <laughs> it's a little bit bastard, bastardized. But I think it ties really into uh, really close into our first and second quote, because I think a lot of people like they, they want to see change happen. But these 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 politicians, they, they con people into saying, like, hey, this is the only way that we can have the society that you want. When in actuality, society is just all the individuals, right? It yeah. has nothing to do with the government or anything like this, but the government has somehow convinced all these people that like, Hey, if you want, you want, you want climate change to not happen. We're the only people that can solve this. Yes. I would say that. that so I think that's where he's coming from in the quote. And that's kind of how I read it is these people, the politicians are good at pointing out issues that we have. They're terrible at actually solving them because I don't think that's what he's pointing at in the quote. You know, I think, think so? what, I think what he's pointing out is that I, in terms of taking care of myself, I don't want other people to do that for me. I want to, I want to take control and handle things for myself, for my family and, and be the one who's in control there. And I think yeah. it kind of takes it back to a perspective of, of, Taking ownership, which is, I think, the badass part of the quote, is that I'm going to take ownership for what I do in this life and for how I take care of uh, my loved ones around me. Yeah, and I think that's the admirable side of the quote. So, so that's where I was going with the, uh, the government's good at pointing out issues but aren't good at solving it. So they're good at pointing out, like, hey, you know what? There's crime that happens in this world. There's people that want to hurt you and take your property or take your life. So what's the solution that we put forward as a society is the police, right? Yeah. Let's, and, uh, let, let, let's come back to that one, okay? Use okay. the bathroom real quick. All right. Let's take a two-minute. Yo. Hello. All right. You ready? Hold on. Give me two seconds here. Just typing out a tweet for our followers. <laughs> this is turning into a phone line. I like it. I don't think we need to plan that much usually. We just do good stuff. Uh, all right. Do you want to get back into it? So we're talking about the police or something. Um, so you ready? Three, two, one. Yeah, do it again. Three, two, one. So you were mentioning that you think that the police are an example of how um, there are some issues in terms of the greater society protecting us and the way that it's implemented. Yeah. So, so the problem is, is there's people out there who want to harm you or your property to benefit themselves, right? That's like yeah. the need for police. I think that's the an example of a criminal's motives right there. Yeah. So so what's the thing that the police maybe, do the most often though? And maybe it might be intentional or unintentional, but again, they're trying to serve their own agenda. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Whether say, whether or not they have good reasons or anything, they're still they want to harm. There's people out there who want to take away your property for their own, or they want to harm you for some reason. 
And so our solution as a society is to have the government funded police. However, the police, they do good. A lot of police are great people. However, there's a lot of room where because we give them so much power, there's a lot of room for them to take that power and use it in ill ways. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody with power has the opportunity to abuse power. Yep, exactly. And what I would add to your point is that, yes, there can be a lot of abuse of power, but there can be there, I would say the majority, like just narrowing it down to the police, the majority of police, they're, they're, they're good people. I think they're good people with, they want to do the right thing and that there's a few bad police who make a poor name for the majority. I agree. But because we give them so much power, look at the impact this small minority of people can have on people's everyday life. Like look yeah. at uh, Philando Castile in Minnesota. He was just a guy riding in a car. He had a concealed carry permit. A cop saw a gun on his lap and killed him. Yeah. It, so our, our it's, solution. It's, oh, go ahead. So I was going to say our solution can be just as bad as the thing it's trying to treat. Yeah. In many because circumstances, we give them too much can. power, and, and when institutions become too strong, they become bad. I mean, that's just how it is. Because they're yeah. always people generally want to serve their self-interest, right? So, would you say that the police should have less power? Yeah, absolutely. And like, how would uh, you how would you approach that by regulating them? Yeah, since especially since they're a government agency, I would. Do you know what? I would actually. I think that a private police force would be better. I was trying to. Uh, I was being a little bit lead this question because I think that's a. Uh, dichotomy with your approach to uh government in general that they should be regulated and there should be more power taken taken uh given given to um to the regulators to the regulators also i i think the way to solve it is to to privatize it and then they have to play by the same rules as every other person there's not going to be uh what what's the thing that i'm thinking of where basically Cops basically have no recourse against what they do as long as there's not precedent for this thing being illegal. I don't know what that's called. Um, So like one of the examples is there was a guy in Arizona about two years ago. He was, uh, he's a, he, uh, what was he? What do they call that when you get rid of rodents? Like he's an exterminator Exterminator, and he, he was drinking, he was drinking with his wife, having fun in the hotel room. And the co- someone apparently saw him walking around with a BB gun. So they Wait, called the why? cops on him. Let me pause you, okay. Why is he in a hotel room with his wife? Are well, because they, like, he's traveling? Uh, yeah, they were traveling. Because they're not he, from they he, were in okay. Phoenix. So he's traveling and he brings the BB gun with him? Yeah, because he uses it for his job, apparently, because he's an exterminator. Or so not a BB gun, but like some sort of thing to get rid of rats, basically. But a rat trap, I think that's pretty different from a BB gun. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it doesn't matter. All right, sorry. He's got a gun in his room. Uh, quote, unquote, <laughs> quote, unquote, gun. Uh, but he's drunk. They're drinking. They're having fun. Cops show up. There's, they, they drag him out. They make him crawl on his knees. Dude plays like the most fucked up game of Simon Says I've ever seen in my life. Dude's pants are falling down while he's trying to crawl. He's crying, saying, please don't kill me. And he keeps reaching up to pull up his pants. 
and the cops say, hey, if you do that one more time, we're going to kill you. He's like, we're, you're going to get shot if you do it again. And this dude's drunk. He's crawling. He's crying. He crawls forward. His pants fall down. He pulls him up, and they shoot him and kill him. The dude who killed him, who fired the shots that killed him, had on the side of his gun engraved, you're fucked. Wow. Man. The guy the guy <laughs> who killed this guy, because of this law that I was talking about that I can't remember the name of right now, he's retired at 26. He gets paid extra money for PTSD. And we're funding this because he's on government salary. I want to qualify my laughter there. My my laughter <laughs> was not over the horrible situation that this guy was in. Um, it's it was over just how ridiculous of a how absurd it is. It's an absurd yeah. situation. And this guy, he sued the government for more money. <laughs> Like, wow. what, like, how much of a piece of shit dirt bag is that cop? Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and this guy, yeah, I guess so. The guy died? Yeah, he's dead. He, he, had, a, he had a kid, two-year-old kid. He's dead. And this, and this other, this other police officer is just living off the, off the government like, coin yeah, now. He's making like five grand a month, early retirement, PTSD, uh, extra money for for being uh does he still have the gun that says you're fucked <laughs> probably oh my god that's just yeah well yeah you know what? Well, that's what i'm saying when you give these institutions too, too much power they become bad i mean bad things are just going to happen because there's no uh recompense for it you know if we were to take this situation and put it on a bell curve of the average interaction between police officers and your everyday citizen, do you think it would fall on an outlying position of the bell curve? Absolutely. I'm just saying that because of the power we give to the government, this bell curve is something that exists. Because if you imagine if it was well, a private a bell curve, imagine if a bell it was curve a, of situations is always going to exist. There's always going to be those those But situations. there's at least going to be punishment for a normal citizen not someone who's protected by the institutions that we've given power yeah the the challenge with that let's let's look at let's look at if we would privatize the police force then let's say that that me and you kyle and torsten are buddies and kyle's in the police force and torsten is not and there's some type of altercation between two citizens, including me, and I have an altercation and the police come and it happens to be Kyle that shows up. And who's Kyle going to side with within that situation? Well, ideally that would be up to the courts, but do you think that doesn't happen already? <laughs> I Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I, yeah, that's a good point. But I would hope that within the overall um, outreach of these intergovernmental ties and the regulation over police forces that that type of interaction and the favoritism that exists would be mitigated a little bit. I think, I think it would be the exact same. I think that already happens a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I think it, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. I'm sure it does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I, like, I don't think it makes a difference. Let's, you want to talk about Jordan Peterson a little bit? Yeah, but quickly. My last point, though, is that I think that the majority of cops are awesome. I think they're amazing. They serve a great purpose. I think there are some dingy cops that, that 
create a, a bad rap for the rest of cops. And it's very damaging and sad to see. I'm with you 100%. I think there's good people and bad people. The only thing that I say is by giving them so much power, it lets the bad people be worse with no, no uh, sort of uh, justice to be had. What do you think about everybody wearing a, a, a va- uh, camera vest? Oh, I, I think that's a, a key. I think that's very important. They should be, especially given so much power, they should be under a microscope 24-7 while they're working. A quick aside, there's, a, I for, uh, there's this individual that I follow on Instagram, and he, he brings up all these police altercations. And usually it's, it's uh, minorities being kind of roughed up, and it's sad to see. Yeah. Um, and one of the, the videos that he shows is of a young cop pulling over a very nice SUV and he pulls over the cop or he pulls over this nice SUV and this older white individual balding immediately gets out of the vehicle in front of him and starts sprinting towards the cop car and says, do you know who the hell I am? Do you know who the hell I am? Do you know who you pulled over? Look at the license plate. Yeah. Okay. And it, it, it turns out that he pulled over a judge. Oh, geez. And so the, the contrast of the Instagram post is like, what do you think would have happened if this was, an, uh, was black a black guy, guy yeah. getting out of this vehicle, having the same interaction, you know? Yeah, he's probably going to get mowed down, right? Yeah. And I, I think that still points to some of the underlying injustices, maybe outside of just the outlier situations of, of good cop, bad cop. Yeah. No, uh, as I said, I I respect 99% of cops. Every single cop I've ever met has been a great person. I just think giving them so much power leaves too much room for bad stuff to happen. That's that's the entire argument that I have. Yeah, we might have to dive into that on a later episode. But yeah, let's go go into that further if we want. Uh, So Jordan Peterson, uh, great, great mind, just very smart dude in general. His book 12 rules is very good. Uh, it helps you kind of get your life in order has checked himself into rehab for, uh, a drug addiction to what is this? Uh, clozafam anti-anxiety huh. drug clonazepam. What do you, what do you, what, what do you think that does this? So like basically he's a self-help guru. Does this invalidate any of his points? I uh, first of all, I wouldn't classify Jordan Peterson as a self-help guru. I would classify him as like a as a <laughs> as a popular intellectual figure figure that discusses ideas of self-improvement. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a more fair assessment of what he does for sure. And for those who are not familiar, he's a professor out of. Toronto, um, Toronto, Toronto University. I believe so. And he be, first became famous by the di- discussing the LGBT LGBTQ movement and other individuals or kind of society uh, people trying to get him to use compelled pronouns. And I think if I summarize this, 
his whole thing is I'm down to call anybody whatever they want to be called. And I'll respect that as, you know, from an individual to individual basis, but yep. I will not conform to, um, compelled speech. Yeah. I will not conform to con compelled pronouns. I will not conform to being legislated how to use language. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think that's awesome. And I think that he gained a lot of notoriety because of his stance there. Um, yeah. His principled stance on, not being told what you have to say. Yeah. But going back to him being, um, going, uh, taking him, putting himself into rehab, I think that this is awesome. I think that's awesome. I think that he is exactly standing up for what he believes in. If you go to his book and, you know, one of his 12 rules for life is to make your bed, maybe he fell outside of that where he, has not gotten his life into order and ha has resorted to some of these these drugs and that's unfortunate but uh another aspect of that is taking control and and acknowledging some of your limitations and if he does and obviously he's a human being so he has limitations and he's taking action to um take those those limitations and address them head on so i think it's awesome and and certainly stands um, in line with what he believes and what he expresses to the public. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think uh, everyone's going to have setbacks in your life, right? And the key is how do you react to these setbacks? And I think he's doing exact, exactly what he would tell anyone else to do. If, he, if there's a setback that you have in your life with drugs, go get help. Don't try to hide it and like all this other crap, right? No, face it head on make your bed right yeah but what, exactly what he's doing here why, why are we bringing this up do you think that there's a lot of people who are gonna shit on jordan peterson now for where he's at definitely so that's like what i've been seeing when i've been looking at uh the article about his his uh uh himself putting himself into rehab is it's like self-help guru needs to find help himself and all these like clickbaity bullshit and, where uh, people it's just people not interacting on a real basis right well let's let's uh, let's first dis discuss like all like why so one they're saying it's a contrast that a self-help guru quote-unquote should be perfect and if they don't if they have inadequacies it's a sign that they're a faulty self-help guru right yeah are there that's any it. other kind of like well i think that's the biggest gist of it yeah, and, and like is is the only thing that makes someone's argument valid is how good of a person they are themselves, or is this, does the the does the idea itself have its own merits that it can stand or fall on on its own? Well, you know what, this is an interesting idea because I would say both are incredibly incredibly important. Really? See, I, I don't think the per I don't think the mouthpiece matters at all. I think the the biggest idiots can sometimes say the smartest things. Just look at me for general. <laughs> <laughs> um, prime example. All right, point taken. Let's move on. <laughs> it's so um, old. <laughs> uh, well, uh, let's look at. Um, let's go back to Mal. We talked about Malcolm X in the last. One. So one of the people that that Malcolm X followed heavily was Elijah Muhammad. 
Elijah Muhammad was the founder or maybe one of the main guys at the time who was uh, who was pushing for the ba- black Muslim movement. And he had this code of conduct that said that, hey, you know what? This is how we behave and this is what we do and this is how we further our cause. And one of the examples was as a, as a black Muslim, just I think... and I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to attempt to summarize it was being faithful, you know, to your wife and to your relationships. And it turned out that he was having all, he was banging all these other chicks on the side. And that was a big fallout for Malcolm X where he's like, you know what? This guy is purporting to be this, like, you know, this amazing human being. And it's a direct contrast for how he lives his life. And I think that's huge. I think that's a huge dichotomy there. That's, ac- that's absolutely huge. But also, I, I think that the only thing that that hypocrisy does is point to the original point being that much more important, right? Uh, so, yeah, I would say so. So, like, you could be like, even if this guy was living perfectly, you'd be like, wow, that's great that he but it doesn't really become important until you see this guy act, acting uh, hypocritically. And now you're like, wow, this guy like preached all this great shit, but now he's, he's living like a dirtbag, like he's a piece of garbage man. Uh, yeah. And then it, made, it almost makes it that much more important because you're like, like, this is a good idea. So like, I think the ideas stand and fall on their own merit, and the mouthpiece isn't necessarily important at all. And when the mouthpiece is hypocritical... I think that only emphasizes and makes you look harder into the actual idea onto whether or not it can stand on its own. I would say that's a, that's a, that's a very valid point. And I would say that it's, it can be a little bit limited in, in terms of how a lot of people perceive the mouthpiece. And so when someone has so much faith in an institution that is exemplified by a particular individual who falls far short of what has been um has been has been uh shown by this institution then that that hampers the idea heavily yeah and but and so like so that's why it's it's so weird to see like the the people who like fall into like the the uh, almost idol- idolatrical uh, worship of people like mega church uh, pastors and like uh, who's who's the guy in in Houston, uh, uh, Joel Joel Olstein, who preaches all this this Christian help your neighbor all this stuff, and then when there was a huge flood, he didn't let people into his church to sleep. You sound like you're preaching right now. <laughs> Yeah, don't look into my past, guys. <laughs> Just trust me. Don't do it. <laughs> All right, sorry, Joel. Uh, Joel, what? Joel Epstein. Olstein. Olstein. Epstein. Another fucking Epstein. What's the chance? <laughs> All right, Joel Olstein. Say it yeah. one more time. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, Olstein, basically, he, he's a, one of those megachurch pastors. And he writes all these books about loving your neighbor, all this shit, right? So it makes millions of millions of dollars a year. And last year during Houston's uh, historic flood, he didn't open up the doors to his church for people to sleep in that were made homeless by the flood. And instead, he, he, he chose to keep his doors closed. Like, talk about hypocrisy. 
Yeah. Again, yeah, there's so many questions behind that. How many people were in the church already? Did they have the resources to support these people? Would it have worsened the condition of the people who are in the church if he would have opened the doors for them? But, How? Like, but, like people just trying to find a place to sleep so they don't have to sleep outside. If a man like that, you know, who has an abundance of resources is turning people away, I, it feels like something that is wrong without yeah. knowing the context. Well, that's, why, that's, why, that's why you don't praise the mouthpiece. You, you look at the, the, the message that's being distributed and you, you, yeah, you focus on that. Such a tough thing. I mean, the, oh, no, it the, is hard. But the, we're not perfect, but you need, you need logos. You need, you need to what, reason. What's a, What's a better name for the mouthpiece? I think that's a great uh, name for it. That's the, literally the it's medium. a loudspeaker. The a medium. Loudspeaker. Medium. The medium is very important. And so if they talk, for example, if, if someone is talking about a speech, if someone is giving a speech, the words and what is said are not what is generally received by people but it is how it is presented. Yeah. Well, no, that's 100% right. Like if you look at like the actual words of like like go back to Hitler's speech or something, right? Like the yeah. the words are super fucked up. Like talking about people being uh animals and rats and like the super super heavy uh not globalism, the opposite. Uh what do they call that? Nationalism. But the way that he was able to fire up those crowds and the way he was able to speak it is what sold it, right? And yeah, it, that's a great example. You know, and I think that contradicts what I was getting at right there. I, I think that within that, yeah, you do have to be very hyper, you have to be hypercritical of the message. But if we look at natural human tendency, the tendency is to go for the medium rather than the message exactly and that's why logos is important your reason you're you're yeah. you're able to see the the argument regardless of how it's being presented and and break it down on a logical basis versus being a like like all like the trump fans right he, he can say one thing one week and the exact opposite thing the next week and people care about the mouthpiece more than the message right they care about the, yeah, the presentation. It's just like, yeah. you know what? Hey, he's funny. He doesn't get embarrassed. He's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, let's, let's take a look at what he's saying because it doesn't make a ton of sense in a lot of contexts. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. And like as humans, yeah, we, that's one of our weaknesses is we fall into the tribalistic nature and we want a chieftain. But... That's one of the ways for us to rise above our base human instincts, right? And that's the whole point of being a human is to, to rise above the, just the, the animalistic instincts and live on a different plane of existence, right? And now, one of those things. So. Really? I would say it's better to embrace the animalistic uh, character traits, the, the animalistic tendencies, and understand that they exist, but strive to counteract them that's what where, i'm saying where where <laughs> noble intentions can can um benefit yourself and others Mo mostly others torsten you're like you're like uh hey kyle you're 100 wrong but i'm gonna say the exact same thing that you just said. <laughs> <laughs>
I just want to make it seem like you're wrong. Okay. We're just saying the exact same thing the entire time. <laughs> I just said that. No, you didn't. You said the mouthpiece said it in a different way. <laughs> All right. No, yeah, but I, I think we're on the same page. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think we kind of got a general idea across. Let's focus on reason and avoid what the mouth well not avoid what the mouthpiece is but like look at how it's presented but let's take a critical look for yourself going back to george carlin question everything yeah exactly 100 percent correct lastly we want to briefly discuss the idea we we created some t-shirts and i'm not going to say the the hyperlink that kyle suggested because it's a just a mouthful and it you're never going to remember it i'll say and it i'll say it later so it's fine <laughs> don't say yeah, it later. i'm going to say it we're, just look at the hyperlink at the bottom all right we'll, we'll, so we'll, we put, got, it the, we'll put it in the uh description of this and just in case you don't want to click on the description it is shop.spreadshirt.com <laughs> god damn it forward slash space right. so, dash camp dash yeah. podcast forward slash want to support <laughs> the podcast and what the money I'll, I'll tell you so far we have earned a grand total of 17 dollars, folks <laughs> we can do virtually nothing with 17 dollars. but what we would like to do is as we get a little bit more if in fact we get any more because this after this episode people might stop and they might avoid this podcast completely but <laughs> If we get a little bit more, what we would like to do with this podcast is is just kind of continue what we're doing is having kind of these goofy conversations and you know just expressing ideas and questioning questioning different situations that come up. Um, it, it it is incredibly interesting for me. Um, and I would assume Kyle just to have these these dialogues and we're looking forward to, in the future, being able to bring on different individuals onto the podcast. And so if, um, you know, the opportunity presents itself to have someone come over and spend some time with us, we'd allocate a little bit of funds to, you know, grabbing a coffee with someone or buying an extra mic to, to bring someone else into the conversation and just further these dumb kind of fun and hopefully a tiny bit um intellectually expanding conversations into something so we created a little bit of a of a way to support this through um this website that kyle butchered in telling what the url is <laughs> um but you have sweatshirts mugs t-shirts <laughs> anything you um, could want <laughs> But, but Kyle, but the, the amazing thing about this for anybody who's still listening, you still there, Kyle? Now I'm leaving. Okay. <laughs> the, the best thing about this, though, is folks, if we get up to a hundred dollars in commission, what we're going to do is Kyle has generously volunteered to wear the female version of the space camp podcast shirt and he's going to go to a bus station 
and he's going to get on a bus and go for one bus ride with the female version of the shirt. And um, that will be recorded and put online for people to view if we get to $100 um, by for the anyone end of this who, year. For anyone by who the, doesn't know, the female version of this shirt probably ends at the perfect spot for just a tasteful amount of man underboob. And so. it's gonna be it's gonna be a small uh, a small. And for those aware of Kyle's stature, Kyle weighs about two hundred and thirty pounds, and is about six foot four of pure man. So <laughs> a small female will look exceptionally good on him. It's really gonna accentuate my belly hair. <laughs> I might I might I might try to match it with some shorts that are short enough to just show a tasteful amount of underball. I well, we didn't agree to that, Kyle. <laughs> well, no, I'm just I, that's Ooh. what I wear most days anyway. So <laughs> I want to add to it. Come on, Kyle. No. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. Let's let's close things out with uh with uh our, our catchphrase generator. Catchphrase generator. And the <laughs> this actually works in with tasteful underball. Um, it is you will deify my dinglings. <laughs> And there's nothing more to be added to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's it. (laughs) Out, folks. Take care. Thanks for listening. Yay! The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.